0: Welcome into an emergency edition of Nebraska Basketball Podcast. What do we call it? The Husker Twenty Four Seven Hoops Cast. What a mm-hmm. terrible start, Brian! I can't even get the name of the podcast correct here as we uh, as we get fired up on a Friday morning. You sent me a text last night. I think you were probably still at the arena. Yep. I was at one of the local establishments outside of the arena. I'm sure. Uh, and <laughs> hey, do we want a pod tomorrow morning? And I was like, absolutely. And, you know, I woke up this morning and I still feel the same way. So we're. Oh, that's
1: good. good. I I
0: wore this hat to bed. So that's why I'm wearing it now for the podcast. So uh, here we are. This is uh, Nebraska's second win over a top 10 team at home this season. A critical, absolutely had to have it clutch win. Um, that, That game felt like there was about 15 different ways that it you know, the the story could have went and it ends with Nebraska just kind of, you know, for the second time, a team just backing off in the final seconds of a game like we got nothing to play for here.
1: Yeah, uh, there's a, there's several great storylines to it. The first, though, the lead sentence is C.J. Wilcher. Yeah. I mean, um, when he pulled up on the transition of the pass from Bryce Williams, I don't know how far he was out. Was he 30 feet out? He wasn't that far out. He uh, was out. He, yeah. he, he was He was deep, though. It was a deep three. And uh, uh, when he let that thing go, and it just, like, was so pure out of his hand. And that turned it to 50 to 43. And right then, he kind of had this feeling, at least I did, as, like, Nebraska's got to get this thing. Like, there was just too much, like... Yeah in the building. And then it, Wisconsin was not just competing against the five on the floor. Then it, it was like this, just uh, intensity within PBA that has matched. I, I mean, there's been some amazing games at PBA actually that I've been at like there when basketball is in a game like that, when the basketball team is playing a, against a team of that level and playing well, and it's down to the wire that place, I would put it up against almost anywhere in the country, I would, and I don't care if somebody in some other basketball-heavy part of the country scoffs at that. If they were in the gym last night, they would understand what I'm talking about. If they had been in the gym for No Sit Sunday, um, they would understand exactly what it is and say, "Yeah, this has been like unmatched." We had, you know, one of our cohorts who works with the Wisconsin site said it was the most incredible thing he's setting. He's been at. Um, so it was one of those kind of like honestly, top 10 sports events I've been at, um, just as far as the environment
0: goes. Yeah. And it, you know, it felt that way when I got down. I wanted to get out of the house earlier. You know how this always goes. You you want to get somewhere earlier and then unforeseen things happen, or you're just you're slow. Like I'm not always the best at like getting the stuff done that I need to before I want to leave the house. So I didn't get down there until 6 30. And it was absolutely packed everywhere. I went to three different places, uh, hit up, you know, three different groups of friends. And each of these spots was just packed. And it was full of like, I don't know how to to say this um, exactly. But look, it was full of young people in a way that is sort of unique. I mean, there was a lot of students last night. I don't know if you noticed this, Brian. It's certainly more prevalent in, like, the section that I sit in because it's right next to the student section Beside behind the hoop. There was so many students for this game that they didn't have enough seats in the student section. So they were spilling over into other sections trying to sit there, and then people would show up and have to kick them out. And mm-hmm. then they were having to stand up top. And it, I, I don't know that I've ever seen that many students at a Nebraska basketball game. Like, that was part of the energy last night is they were loud and they brought it like the entire game. Even when Nebraska started off pretty terrible, you could, you could just sense they were looking for any reason to just get into the game. And you could feel it before the game even started with, with the crowds of people at these you know places right by the arena. And I, I don't know if it was the nice weather we had yesterday. I don't know. Like people were ready to be at that basketball game and they were ready to get into it. It was, it was unique even before the tip and the, you know, it's nowhere near on the level of what it felt like before no sit Sunday, because that's just like a special thing. Um, And that was another Wisconsin game, another day with unbelievably gorgeous weather. uh, Mm -hmm. And just like, you know, you could sense before the game, people were ready for it. It felt like there was a lot more at stake maybe for that one. But man, something about the combination of a nice weather day, Wisconsin coming to town, people just can't wait to go and and boo the Badgers. They
1: love it. <laughs> boo the Badgers and officials. Uh, th- yeah. They like some the booing of officials too. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I felt the same way about the crowd. Like early in the game, uh, I was like, "Man, this crowd w- would be awesome if Nebraska gave them a chance to be." Yeah. It, but and the score was twenty-seven-eight. 10 minutes into the game. It was 27 to 8. It wasn't quite like to the level we always joke about the Kansas Nebraska Big Monday game where I think it was like 45 to 8 or something. Um but we were nearing that territory where you're thinking like oh this is one of those games where people are kind of heading out with like 12 minutes left and you like really can't blame them. Um that's how it like started. And the what was more like frustrating about it and Hoyberg spoke on this in the post game Nebraska was actually getting good looks like throughout the yeah. first half, like from deep and no one could knock it down. you know, you'd have a swirl out or whatever. K was unusually cold on some wide open shots and only ended up with two points. And um, it just like felt like one of those nights. And then it works into the second half and it's kind of the same thing. Like K had a shot that swirled out. And I think it was when it was 47, 29, and yep. it was at that point where it's like teetering between, like especially in my spot, I'm like starting to put my head down and write the game story about Nebraska yep. getting blown out. Yep. And then there was that little sequence: Wiltshire hit a three, uh, Wisconsin came up empty and went on next trip, and uh, they moved the ball well. And Bryce Williams hit that corner three, and it got down to forty-seven thirty-five in like a span of like a minute. And I was like, okay. Let's give it him. let's, I sat up, I put my laptop down a little bit and then was stopped writing. Um, and within five minutes of game action, it was an, an 18 point game. 50 to oh, 49 there we go. and topping Easy. it off wheelchair beside the one I mentioned earlier, he hits that shot where he's coming off a screen or something. It was kind of Reggie Miller, like where he's just got a dude all over him and he's just like, yeah, hey, I'm letting it go and it's nothing but net and it's 50 to 49 and it it got to that point where then you're like so invested in this comeback you're like they got to win this or else it's going to really hurt everybody so much here because there's been so much emotion put into it and um that's where it got a little dicey then when Wisconsin goes back up 7 and then it's 65-59 at the under four timeout it had the game had a
0: little bit of everything really yeah. it was it was wild because it felt like there was two just Wisconsin surges in that game, and they were spurred by, you know, two different individuals who sort of just carried them in those stretches, and then the rest of the game, they really struggled. Like, it was – I don't know if it was just great Nebraska defense. I don't know that it was Wisconsin missing wide-open looks, but I felt like Nebraska did a good job of challenging them, you know, outside of those two stretches for almost everything they wanted. Like, you could see – I could see, I felt like Chucky would get the ball. Chucky Hepburn, uh, the former Bell West uh, point guard who's at Wisconsin now, would get the ball, and you could see that he wanted to do something with it. And he just has either Hoiberg draped over him or Bryce Williams on him at times. And they just like, they didn't give him a lot of space. And so he he couldn't even really, I think he had one of his kind of step back uh, that he hit. He, mm-hmm. he, like, couldn't clear out enough with his arm. but like they did a really nice job outside of against A.J. Store, and then I don't remember who the other guy was. I think it was number Max, 11.
1: Max Klezman.
0: Yeah, and he – I mean, he was feeling it in that yeah. stretch. And that was the only reason that game got to overtime for, for Wisconsin's perspective because everybody mm-hmm. else was gassed. And so and for Nebraska to kind of weather both of those and just keep chopping wood – It just goes back to to something we've talked about where their mentality, this this is what separates them from previous Nebraska basketball teams. They have way more mental toughness than what we are used to seeing on the basketball court. And it's wild because at times you're like, how is this the same team that let it go against Minnesota or sort of felt like they quit during that Creighton game or no-showed against Maryland, and yet at home they're like Herculean. It's incredible. It really is.
1: Yeah, uh, they feed off the crowd, and the crowd feeds off them, and it's it's a pretty lethal combination. I mean, Wisconsin. Back to them real quick. AJ Store, twenty eight points. I mean, he he's maybe first team All Conference player. He had twenty eight against Michigan State, you know, in the previous game, I believe. And uh, Klesmet. Then you're you mentioned him. He goes on that run. He had two points. Schaefer prior to that run. Then he can't miss, and he has eleven in a row that he scores for Wisconsin to give them that 65 59 lead. But the, the guy then who was just unbelievably clutch was rink Mast. And when I I actually went back through the highlights and looked at some of what he did and it was incredible. Um, when it was 63 56 Wisconsin, he hits a shot. He was actually on the state logo, like the beginning of the state tracings (laughs) tracings <laughs> yeah. like he, he was there so it wasn't it's not like exaggeration you know you hear the announcer from the look he was actually like within the state boundaries he had crossed over he could get a runza um what part said, of the
0: state like i forget how it lays out. i always forget which direction it lays out do we know what town or what county he would have been standing in
1: i should have thought about that um i'm trying to think how the floor is i, I don't want to talk about it I, i'm, I'm gonna mess it up <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. I'm gonna say something that's gonna show that I've been an Omaha and Lincoln boy my whole life. So you, I just need to steer clear of it. Understandable. Um so uh I respect all the other parts of the state though. I love the state. Um <laughs> uh we hope people out uh out west are listening. Um so that made it 6359. And then 6562, they d- had done it defensively to give him this opportunity because Wisconsin went three minutes from like the three 30 ish mark to 30 seconds, 20 seconds without scoring. So Nebraska kept getting stops to kind of keep them in it with a shot. And then rink hit that step back three. And that was tough. I mean, he had a guy right on him. That's what he talked about in the post game. He's like, I was going to do something. I, and I let it go. And it was like out of body is how he explained it. Um, and it was a pure shot. So that's what gets him to overtime. And then um, he has the hook right away that gives him the lead. Then he has the feed to Joanne Gary for the and one, which was beautiful move by Gary, too. And it, I think Gary did some nice things late, which I think is really going to help him going forward. Um, played 33 minutes, by the way. And then Mass hits that other hook when the shot clock was running down to make it 76-72. And it, So all, that's like five plays that were just like big-time plays that, I don't know. We're just not used to seeing um, yeah. from I always hate to say that because we have seen some good Husker teams with guys who were clutch like Pettaway and Shields and stuff. So it's it's existed here, but it's just not as routine to us. And so it's always exciting when someone just like meets that moment. And I thought Bryce Williams uh, was pretty good late too. like we can't take for granted. We've talked about this team's free throw shooting. He had yeah. the one and one when it's tied in regulation ended up hitting six of six counting overtime down the stretch to melt the game away. Um, that's also something we didn't used to always see. So that's a nice component.
0: Well, and they actually struggled early in the game at the free throw line. Like, you know, they you did. get into overtime you're like, Oh man, if you didn't go 12 and 19 here, you know, if you're 13 of 19, this game is, Oh That's how my brain always works. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I thought, Bryce Williams had another sort of quiet stat filling game where then in overtime, you sort of see like he's, he's able to make those free throws. I liked this. I I knew exactly what they were going to do on that final look. He was going to get to the corner of the, of the um, free throw line and then try to to take a jumper there. And it felt like he didn't get enough steps in. And so the shot was just a little bit short uh, at the end of regulation. I like that he's comfortable being that guy in that situation. I, You know, I, you and I have talked about that multiple times. But it's all the other stuff he kind of does right now. Like, he is a – he had nine rebounds last night. He almost had a double-double. He had multiple assists. I think he had a couple steals. He was getting his hands on some passes. He had some dumb turnovers and some dumb moments early in the game. Um, but it's just – like, they they do a really nice job of playing with each other. They do a nice job of picking up the guys who aren't playing well. I mean, think about how often this year, I mean, they've won games without Joan Gary. Rink Mast really struggled in the Northwestern game, and they were able to win in spite of it. Uh, you you don't always get the best version of C.J. Wilcher or Bryce Williams or Sam Hoyberg, and currently right now Casey Tominaga, and they're able to kind of have enough depth, enough guys step up at, at the right times. You know, I, I think some of the secret sauce of this team is that they're so deep that if it's an off night for somebody – Another player is going to be able to, to step into the role and help out. I mean, Josiah Alec basically carried him in that first half against Northwestern. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's it's a big part of why we're even having the conversation that they're in position to to potentially play in meaningful basketball in March for the first time in a while.
1: Yeah. Speaking of Alec, one of the plays of the game and the, where it was almost as loud as anything, aside from a couple Wilter bombs. I know Wilter,
0: exactly what you're talking about.
1: When he, when he, they almost stole it prior. Like Hoiberg almost got a steal right before it. Yep. Sam Hoiberg is just a defensive pest. I mean, <laughs> like a lot of pride in it, and he's he's just such like a, a ball hawk. You know, like he finds his way to the ball as the smallest guy on the court. But anyway, he almost steals it, and then Alec makes gets it then. Steps in front of the pass, but it's kind of going to the sideline. Josiah Alex seems like he's been a kid since he was like three years old. Who loves to scrape his knees and like go for it. So it's no shock that he um, puts in the effort diving on the floor, but flips it back into Sam Hoiberg and the place is just going nuts already. And then it kind of just develops where you see it in slow motion. Something's going to happen with Sam on the other end. Like it's just going to transition into something really fun. And Sam does a sort of video game, like, spin-type thing that just messed with the defender's head, ends up getting right to the bucket for a layup to cut at the four, and that play was almost the most entertaining, like, just, like, joyous play in the building of the entire game for some reason. Yeah. It had a
0: lot going on. There was, uh, on that spin move, the guy behind me just yells, he spun on him! Like, was, yeah. like, <laughs> I don't know, it was like, Someone witnessed a running back just spinning out of a tackle kind of thing. It was great. Um, yeah. There was multiple times where Nebraska's sort of all-out hustle. They got some of those loose balls and they saved possessions or they saved rebounds by, you know, there's a couple times where Josiah Alec is basically jumping out of bounds with the ball and whipping a pass to someone. They had a really nice possession in the in the first half where they saved an offensive rebound, worked it around with outstanding passes, it gets to the K State Tomanaga wide open in the yeah. wing for that three, and he just wasn't able to make it. And you're like, Man, is it just is this what it's gonna be tonight? Because you could, I mean, there was no question, even when they were struggling early, like the effort was there, like that was never in doubt at yeah. any point in that game. Um, and just uh an all-out, you know, fantastic night at Pinnacle Bank Arena. I i I posted this on on Twitter this morning. I'm, I'm curious your thoughts. Is it just as simple as the way the game flow works and the compactness of an arena? That Pinnacle Bank Arena is like turbocharged where Memorial Stadium doesn't always have that kind of feel? It can. Michigan 2021, mm-hmm. Miami 2014, the end of Michigan State 2015. Really good games, really big situations. Yes, but sometimes, it you know, I, I just look at at Pinnacle Bank Arena, and it's just like it's unquestionably the best venue for Nebraska sports right now. I and mean, maybe the yeah. the people at the the Bob Devaney Sports Center would have a lot to say about that. With volleyball, oh yeah, certainly. yeah yeah. Um, but at least in terms of a large crowd, because I think volleyball's capped around two thousand. Is that what they're at?
1: No, no, they're pretty. They're up there now. They're uh, is it? Yeah, they're they're more like in that eight eight thousand range. Well, I didn't or, know they had I, that many for volleyball games. I thought they did, but um, well, e- either, either way, way. That, that's a, that's an unbelievable setting when it's like big time. And yeah. um, this was, a, I mean, just as far as like comparing it to other college basketball settings um, it's, it's up there when it's a big time opponent and Nebraska's playing well. And I, I wouldn't back off that comment from anybody because if they stepped in the arena, they they'd see that that's the case. I mean, I've always said, when Nebraska's had lean years, it's amazing that like seven or 8,000 people would show up to those games, even if it's half full, because at most places that would be 2,500 people, you know? And so this is a fan base that is so like just hungry for like success and a, a team that like gives them a lot of pride. And, you know, I think the lean years in football have probably contributed to that. To your question though, I think it is. Cause it's like a, it's a compact arena you play more games so you're gonna get like a few ranked teams per year in there and and you're gonna get a couple close games where it's just tense and there's it's gonna be settled by four points or less or a bad call and I th- I think that adds to it but there's no doubt that um the fans impact that team in such a way that Bryce Williams like after the game had a quote and I'm paraphrasing him but it's basically like you don't want to disappoint them like, you want to give them something. And so, um, you know, I I think that means a lot to those guys. To like, they know that how much um, everyone cares in the arena and wants it and how badly it matters to them. And that makes them, I mean, not that they don't want it to begin with, but that just adds a little something to that. And it really uh, can sometimes make the difference. And I thought Wisconsin got a little rattled by it, frankly. They threw the ball away a couple times because uh, – the i mean the floor was shaking basically yeah. like you know and it was they had one possession when things were starting to unravel for them they just they didn't get a pass off they just threw it at, to the baseline and no one was there and you're like yeah. they're they're coming undone a little bit by
0: it and i think craig guard thought that after the game i i think that came at the moment um Cause I think that led to a media timeout and it was mm-hmm. right as after, was it right after the rink mass tied it up with a three pointer or it was, was it, I, I can't remember the exact sequence, but there was a couple times that they would, they were trying to fly down on offense. I think they were trying to get past Nebraska in a quick manner and they would throw some of these passes and there was just no one home. And you, like you said, you could just hear the surge in the crowd. It's like they, They Like they felt like they were on defense there too and helped force that turnover. And, um, I, I don't know what it looked like where you were, you were at, uh, in the media section, but in over where I was, I mean, I don't think I sat for the last hour of that game. Like once it got inside of the sort of 10 points there in the final eight minutes or so, um, maybe 10 minutes, you know, it was, everyone was basically just full standing, um, kind of on the and part of it the end that I'm in was you know Nebraska's playing defense and so uh, you feel like you can affect the game that way and it, it just seemed like people really picked it up uh in the second half and then it felt like the whole building just was standing throughout overtime uh all just like a, a great environment like absolutely. I, had a, I had a guy I I sit right next to the aisle
1: um of I'm on the end of the media section. So people are always coming and going fans right next to me. So there's a guy in a regular seat. That's like, you know, just across the aisle, five feet from me. He was like in a defensive posture. Like he was down in like a defensive stance when Nebraska was uh, like playing D like he was uh, that that's like how people were into it. Um, uh, and, And you know what? The best part of these wins over Wisconsin and Purdue, it's only the sixth time in, program history they've beaten two top 10 teams in the same season first time since 2013-14 but what I'd also say about Wisconsin I don't say it with as much confidence as I do about Purdue I think Purdue is going to be like legit there to the end like in March and I think Wisconsin also could make a really good run and I know they didn't Nebraska it got the best of them last night, but even the way it was one guy, but Klesmet answered the bell after Nebraska tied it at 52. That's a sign of like the quality of team you're playing yep. with where they did, you know, some teams in that setting, when it's going like that, it would have been a 10 point loss in uh, regulation the way it happened, but they regathered a guy got hot and they were going to take the game back. Um, And the, just the way AJ stores, that's a good team. So, I mean, these aren't like, Top ten teams that I think are just in the AP rankings one week, and they're not going to be anything a month from now. They're they're really quality squads that Nebraska beat in Lincoln, and hopefully that's what tips the scale uh, when the when the decision makers decide who's on the brackets.
0: Yeah. Now that Nebraska has this win against Wisconsin, they go on the road. You got Illinois, you have Northwestern, those are your next two, and then I believe you return at home next Saturday for Penn State. I think that's what the next three games look like. Might be Michigan. Might be Michigan. Okay. Well, there's there's a team in there that they play and they wear blue. So, I feel yep. feel okay about at least saying that. Um, do you think do you, like do you think they have a better than 20% chance in either of these road games?
1: Uh, Northwestern, I do. I think it's gonna be really tough, though. Illinois, yeah. I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm not anticipating much. Um, for that one,
0: I mean, we're in this, we're in lockstep on that. I think if they were to get one of these two, it would be Northwestern. I think they match up okay with Northwestern. Uh, I think having Jawan Gary will be a benefit for them. They didn't like people forget they didn't have them against Northwestern when they beat them at home. Uh, but I, I'm with you. Illinois is, is difficult. Sorry to jump in there.
1: No, I, um, this is the second time they've won a one of these games. So much emotion against the top ten, and then it's a three day, three days later, it's another game. Um, what was advantageous for them going into Wisconsin? Um, for those who are tracking, like what Hoyberg said prior to the game, they actually had three full prep days where they could get on the floor. They can't. That doesn't usually happen in season, like because you have to take days off. There's like certain rules you have to abide by. And so Nebraska was out there three times with actual practices before Wisconsin, not, not really licking their wounds from what happened at Maryland, but like I think just pissed off like at who they how they represented themselves and what the narrative is about them on the road. And so they're basically like, We're playing ball. We're not gonna pay attention to the load management stuff, all this. We're just we're gonna go out there and we're gonna get after it and we're not gonna let other teams in this league call us soft or think they have something on us uh, from these other games. And we're going to turn the script on that. And so um, I think they had that determination from the start um, last night, even though it didn't go well. Now, can they get that same energy back after everyone's going to pat them on the back today and all over social media, it's going to be talking about it still Well, you're trying to get ready for a team that's top 15 in the country. It's going to be very difficult But I think if there is a thing to fuel them, it's got to be like if you went to Illinois and you pulled that sucker off and you you balled out and you took it, you know, down to the wire and got something there. That's now that's one that where you're just like suddenly hanging out at the table of like you're more in that seven, eight seed or, you know, like you're you're in uh, if you keep your head above water um, in the games you should. Um, so that, that, if they can adopt that mindset of just seeing like, like, you know what, let's do it again. Like, I know everybody's emotionally spent and it, it, it the season takes a lot out of you and a win like that, you want to celebrate, let's move on. like you know, if you can get your guys to actually believe in that, um, maybe they can do something, but Illinois is playing really well right now. I don't have a lot of high hopes for that. I told, I said before this stretch started, I was worried they could be five and eight in the league play before their last seven game stretch that I think they can get a lot done in. And I'm, I'm glad to be wrong on that, but if they could somehow get that seven and six and beat Northwestern or somebody, man, that'd be, that'd be huge.
0: I I also kind of feel like once they get that first road win, it sort of thaws like you're at the point where the conversation is so large that you have to think about it. And so if they are able to get, you know, a, a win against Northwestern or Illinois, um, it makes it that much easier the next time they go on the road because they've already kind of done it. Like it's, there's no, and I, I know they won against Kansas State, but it's, it's just different in conference play. And so I think if they are able to do that, it's going to make those trips to Indiana and Assembly Hall or to, to Michigan at the end of the year. It's going to make those seem easier because you've kind of got the monkey off the back, so to speak.
1: Mm-hmm. And you erase, you erase like a stupid narrative that. Everybody hears, including I'm sure people on the committee, even though they act like they 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 just see stuff on paper. Where, what well, what if a team like went oh and 10 on the road, but was so awesome at home and all this, and would that get you in? And it even if you just get one or something, yeah. you take that off. The people aren't talking about that anymore, and then it's more of like, okay, they got a road win at Ohio state and uh, Kansas state. Like that's just how they'd look at it more instead of in this, um, this, this category of, Oh, they were, Oh, and 10 on in the big 10 or one and nine. I, I don't think they would look at it as much like that. If Nebraska could just get that first one out of the way and get people to shut up about it, but it's up to them to do that. Of course.
0: Yeah. I think there's one more conversation we have to have right now uh, before we depart on this uh, unprompted Nebraska basketball podcast here. But Kese Tomanaga last February at this time, um, you know, it hadn't quite happened yet. The Penn State game was on February 5th and he went bananas and that kind of kicked off like the month of Kese. He's for about three weeks now, has not really been the sort of player that you, I guess, have come to expect him to be. Uh, and I'm, I'm curious why you think there has been the struggles and what what if anything would give you confidence that he can kind of pull this back out well um
1: he's had three games where he's been in single digits um before that um i know what you're saying it wasn't like he was just like on you know it wasn't case a mania like it was last year for a month where it felt like he was like scoring 25 30 every night, but he did have a run of like six or seven double figure games. And he had a couple high point totals in there and he had that shot. Was it, it was against Northwestern. Northwestern. Yeah. He
0: had had 14 and he
1: nailed that three
0: pointer. They had to have,
1: he he had seven points late and he hit that shot. And that's, I mean, that's a fine game. Um, but you're right. The last three, um, have been, a, have been a little rough and I don't know that there's anything um, dramatic to say about it. It feels like last night shots were there. You know, it was just a couple of them swirled out and for some reason it was just an off night. And, and Hoiberg afterwards said, you know uh, he, he never has even days like that in the practice gym hardly he just like hits hits like almost everything. So um, I think they still anticipate as they should that there's going to be a couple games here down the stretch where he's going to have like the game that like CJ Wilcher had last night, where he just goes off and it's needed. And I guess that's the beauty of this, this team and their possibilities is that um, he could do that and they could still win. There's been other games where somebody else uh, wasn't really up, you know, putting up a lot and somebody um, unexpected came through. Um, so they're, they're kind of sharing uh, the success a little bit. Um, but it's going to be hard to keep Wilcher off the floor the way he's playing right now. This was not a one game thing. Wilcher is just, you know, he's getting around 50% from three point range, um, for the year. And he's just, he's just so on right now. You like expect it to go down every time he shoots it. And, uh, I wasn't surprised honestly, when he started hitting a few last night, cause it's just been something he's, he's done consistently, even at Maryland, he was the one guy who hit shots. So uh, Wiltshire right now is making a strong case for six man of the year for whatever um, publication or whoever wants to vote on something like
0: that. Cause he's, he's been everything to his team. CJ Wiltshire is 13 for his last 20 from behind the arc in the last three games. Like that is a stretch right there. He's uh five straight games of double digit point efforts. Um, biggest one, obviously last night with the seven for 10, 22 point night, but. I mean he is he is definitely brought the uh the scoring off of the bench. It, he is kind of what allows Nebraska to do this is they can kind of put that defense first lineup in with Alec Mass, Gary Hoyberg, um, you know, sometimes Wilters, sometimes Williams is in there and you can uh you can just allow him to be your you know, he can hunt for his shot and you, you appreciate it because he's willing to to let it fly. He might be off balance. Like you said, that one is just sort of falling away, just nails mm-hmm. that three. You know, he, he used to feel like he had to be in rhythm. Like everything had to line up pretty perfectly for him. And now the confidence is so big that like, he's just letting it fly. Like it's, it it's so much fun to watch when a shooter is on like that. I mean, it was like k hey, last year at times. You just knew when the ball was leaving his hands that you... Nebraska had a great chance to score.
1: Yeah. You know, the underrated part of that comeback, um, and this is goes to what you're talking about, is Wisconsin had some defensive possessions uh, in crunch time that went exactly as they would have wanted it to, and Nebraska still ended up scoring. And I, I think of the case where CJ hit a couple of tough two-pointers late he hit Well, he hit one that tied it at 52 that was not an easy shot, sort of in the left corner for two. Um, and then when Nebraska was down 65-60, they had a score on this possession, it felt like to me, and it was not going well. Um, and Bryce Williams kind of regathered himself and ended up taking like an 18-footer. Yeah, I so wondered
0: if it was Bryce on that because I, I mm-hmm. had Bryce in my head. It's kind of the top of the key. Yeah. Like he is sort of a step back and you're thinking well, this is not the look you want, but someone's not, gotta shoot it and then he made it.
1: Yeah. Wisconsin in a couple instances, key spots force Nebraska into what um, especially like in our day and age of where everybody's into the metrics and you don't want to take two pointers like just inside the right. three point range and all that. It's like the perfect shot if you're a defensive team. Like, okay, if you make it, you get two points, but we'll see if you make it. And Bryce uh, knocked that shot down. They had like three or four of those type of plays that were tough two pointers. And um, I think those are so huge, like for a team, like lifting a team too, like, you know, where you know it was a rough offensive possession, but you still got away with it and you came up with points. And um, on that particular possession with Bryce and earlier with CJ, I thought those were both situations where. Man, those are some tough shots that won't get talked about as much, but they had they kind of needed in those moments to get to where everybody wanted it to get to. Yeah.
0: Anything else you want to uh to get to here in this podcast?
1: I don't think so. Um I I'm prepared for Sunday. I don't want to end it on a downer. I'm I'm not expecting anything amazing Sunday, but I'm also prepared for like people who go And I get it. They're on five on the road in the league. So if they go on six, it's easy to pick
0: at it again.
1: But, I mean, let's just be real. They're going to play the number 14 team in the country that's playing really well. Tough venue
0: just to begin with, even when they're not this good.
1: Yeah, and Illinois is playing for seating and all this stuff. I mean, it's going to be a tough game. And so I don't know that this particular game, I'm just telling people in advance, if it doesn't go as you want, is the one to be like where you crow about uh the negative part that you like to you know talk about (laughs) like i think i think there will be time for that perhaps and maybe they'll go stun them at illinois but it's going to be a a tough like uh, a tough challenge and that's why what happened thursday night was so big because it gives you one more quad one win um it gets you closer to being six and seven seven and six going to that stretch everything about it was was huge and all oh yeah it was also like one of the best environments for a husker event um i've been at so that that too
0: yeah it just kind of this season just sort of has almost that sort of fairy tale feel to it uh but they got to do the work to to keep that going and um you know it'll be interesting how it how it plays out against Illinois and, and what it looks like ultimately against Northwestern as well. Uh, but the good thing is, Brian, we'll be back here next week having the same similar conversation, but maybe, just maybe, it's a little bit you different this time. You never know. You never think, you know, Wisconsin, what was it, 120-0 and when winning by uh, 16 or more until last night? They were... Uh... 120 and 0 since the turn of the
1: century when leading by 15 plots at halftime which i will will, i will admit as a stat like a lot of teams would have a pretty good record with if you're up 15 or more at halftime nonetheless some people were calling it in a question because they're saying hey 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 i thought nebraska was down 17 to them last year in pba which they were in one and that's true but it was an 11 point it was an 11 point game at halftime it got to 17 um which is actually more impressive that you came back from seventeenth somewhat into the second half,
0: but in a weird way it's like they erased their Minnesota loss in which the same scenario played out they're they're on the road cruising mm-hmm. to a victory and then uh some way somehow end up fumbling that game away
1: Minnesotas a, yeah Minnesota's actually they're a tough they're kind of a tough matchup for nebraska i I was talking about we'll Super athletic that. yeah um and they come to Lincoln down the stretch. That'll be a big one. So there, there's a lot of work to do still, but uh, last night was sure fun.
0: All right. Well, we will uh, check back in next week with the normally scheduled edition of the Husker 24-7 Hoopscast. Thanks for joining us on the emergency pod. Be sure to check out all the work Brian's doing covering this team at Husker247.com. Plenty of good coverage coming from the game. Uh, plenty of great social media reaction that you can find on Husker247.com as well. Uh, for Brian Christofferson, I'm Mike Shaver. We'll catch you next week.